Hello everyone and welcome to our very first podcast, Into the Fogcast. First of all, let's introduce ourselves. I am Jamie Lee 2K and I'm from the UK. I've been playing DBD since about 2018 and I'm a survivor mate. And I'm Topher. I'm also from the UK and I've been playing DBD since about 2019. I'm mostly a survivor player but I do dip into killer occasionally. In this podcast we'll be speaking to killer mains in order to get an insight on how they play get tricks and tips and hopefully by the end of this you'll have a better understanding on how to use the killer power. This will be a fortnightly podcast and this week we're going to be speaking to a blight main. We're really excited to be speaking to this guest as he is regarded as one of the best blight mates. But before we get into the interview we're going to give you some of our own experiences playing as both killer and survivor. Going against blight is pretty hard especially if it's a good player. It's raw speed and makes him hard to deal with. And I find that you need to be unpredictable, just like going against a nurse. And losing line of sight and getting away isn't as easy as it seems. I found jungle gyms to be very effective. But if you happen to notice the blight can z-flick, you just need to keep running and hope that you get away. I've tried hiding around corners in the hope to fool the blight, and that didn't go very well. You definitely don't want to be holding a straight line. And if you must go around a corner, then make sure to be as unpredictable as possible. I always struggle against the blight. Um, in my experience, as far as like going against a blight, uh, the only thing I can probably suggest against doing is holding W and running in an almost straight line, because blight will just use his power, rush after you, bounce off whatever wall is nearby and closest, and just go straight to you with a lethal rush. And I found that out the hard way a lot of the time. If he's already started using his lethal rush, I'll just run behind an object that's decently long so he can't complete a full curve around it. If anything, he'll then have to use another rush token to try and catch up with me, by which point, hopefully I'm around another corner, then he's got to use another token, and eventually he'll run out of tokens. And you can even use perks like Dead Hard, and you can just Dead Hard towards the Blight instead of away, because if you Dead Hard away from him, his um, lethal rush is a bit of a lunge, and the Dead Hard animation will just be over bef um, before the lunge animation is done, and he'll still hit you. So it's probably best to dead hard towards him so that you go through him. Do you think using Shadow Step will help you evade the Blight? Uh, I agree, absolutely. And um, using perks like Iron Will and Bite the Bullet will make you even harder to track because then you're silent as well as practically invisible. So now let's move on to the killer. With the Blight being a hard killer to learn, you really need to learn his dash. And even though I don't play him much, knowing what you can and can't bump off can be a bit of a headache. I found that trying to force survivors away from line of sight blocking jungle gyms is best way to get a down, especially with his lethal dash. I have tried to flip around corners, but you really need a high DPI to make it work, and I really struggle with the high DPI. My DPI is around about 2000 I think. The perks I use are mainly Corrupt, Lethal Pursuer, Barbecue and Make Your Choice. I use Corrupt because I want to slow the gens down a little bit. I use Lethal Pursuer to see where they are at the start and with his raw speed you can easily get closer at the start of the game. I use my barbecue and chili just for information and I use Make Your Choice since you can cross map quite quickly you can get some easy downs if you know what you're doing. I also find the hit and run play style is decent because if they're spending time healing and they aren't doing gens it's a win for you. For me, I found the biggest obstacle to playing Blight was knowing when to use his power. 
When I picked them up for the first time, I thought you could swing around most corners, but that's not really possible without that high DPI. I found myself being an M1 killer for a good part of the trial and just using my rush to close gaps after getting hooks or getting a tinker ping or forcing a pallet out of the way. Sometimes I try and go for an ambitious lethal rush, but it's just a pretty big gamble for me most of the time. A lot of the time, survivors like to stick to high walls and safe pallets to try and make you lose as much info as possible, especially if they're running perks like Iron Will or any other sort of sneaky perk. So a good amount of the time, it's a guessing game figuring out if they're going to stay at the loop or just run off and hold W to the next loop along. If I'm going out for blood and want to win, I'll take Ruin, Corrupt Intervention, Tinkerer, and Pop Goes the Weasel for when Ruin eventually disappears. Most of the time, I just want to play for fun though, and my favourite build is the No Pallet Blight build with the Iridescent Compound 33 add-on, so that you can just run into a breakable wall or a pallet and not have to lethal rush, and the Summoning Stone add-on so that when you do land a lethal rush, all of those pallets are also blocked as well, along with Enduring and Spirit Fury. The other two perks could be Barbecue, Ruin, Pop Goes the Weasel, anything else that you think will help you. A lot of the time, when I'm just playing casually, I'll take a mix of Ruin, Pop Goes the Weasel, Barbecue and Chili, Corrupt Intervention, Devour Hope, Jolt, otherwise known as Surge, sometimes even Haunted Grounds. I usually try and avoid going for the Undying, Ruin and Tinkerer combo, because I want everyone to have fun, and running whatever happens to be meta for the most part just seems a little bit boring to me. Right, let's not waste any more time and let's start the interview. Enjoy! Hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of Into the Fogcast podcast. Today we're going to be speaking to a very special killer. So, guest, tell us who you are and who you main. Hello, uh, I'm Lilith Oman. Thank you for having me. I'm a, a Blight main and a Twitch streamer. So what do you most enjoy about playing Blight? So Blight, Blight's an interesting one because um, he fundamentally plays completely differently to most killers in the game. Uh, the way that you kind of, you loop things... Um, the way that you kind of work around tiles and like survivor predictions is completely different to, uh, to, to any other killer other than maybe Nurse. Um, and I think to me, like like the biggest thing that I love about him and I've always loved since the PTB is just the raw speed that he has. You know, he he, he, he can he can get like DS stunned and then get the, the survivor back down within like two seconds flat, you know. Very interesting. Uh, I actually find the counterplay to Blight is very much the same as Nurse. I, I find it to be very similar, actually. Um, it, it's kind of interesting because fundamentally, it seems like they should be opposite characters, right? One of them teleports through walls, whereas the other one has to go around the wall, right? Whereas the counterplay to me is very similar. I totally agree. Mm. Awesome. Uh, so let's start with the build. Uh, what is your go-to perk build? And can you run through the synergy of the perks and the killer power? Of course. Um, so my go-to perk build is a little bit unusual. Um, the only two perks that I actually bring into a game are Barbecue and Shadowborn. Um, I bring Shadowborn because uh, I'm totally not addicted to it whatsoever. I kind of like the FOV increase. I bring Barbecue because I like the plot points, to be honest. Um, other than that, I, I kind of I started using a smaller build because I found that stacking slowdown and things like that, not only did it kind of make me a slightly sloppier player, um, but games were getting a little bit too easy, I felt. And then I, I just kind of, when I started to strip things back, when I took away Tinkerer, when I took away Corrupt and things like that, um, it just made the games a lot more intense and a lot more fun to me to play. I, I, I feel at least. Okay, I do actually like Tinkerer myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's fantastic. I've played a bit of Blight. Mm-hmm. And I think Tinkerer's pretty good on Blight, seeing as you can navigate the map pretty quickly. Massively quickly. So for all the players out there that don't have specific killers unlocked... 
what other perk builds do you recommend for a good build? So as as in just like a like a general build for Blight that that works for you know like 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 different builds depending on what perks they have unlocked. You mean or so for example, they might not have the latest killer. All the licensed killers are paid for, and not everybody will buy them. All the other killers can be paid for with shards. There's also free ones available for all the killers from the very start. So are there any builds that you recommend when you're just starting out? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, so going off of base perks, I think that things like um, Spice in the Shadows is criminally underrated. The amount of, it's, it's arguably too much information. Um, you're constantly being told uh, where people are, especially as a character like Blight. People are running around, they're panicking. Uh, they're always upsetting the crows somewhere in the map. Um, on top of that, I think Bitter Murmur is uh, really, really good on Blight when you're just starting out because you're just going to get constant information on survivor locations. Um, as well as that, a few other perks that I can kind of throw out. Um, we do have stuff like Corrupt Intervention and um, Infectious Fright if you have access to the Plague's Teachable perks. Um, those are both amazing on Blight. Um, things like Discordance, Barbecue and Chili um, are also going to be amazing. Of course, Tinkerer like we discussed on, uh, on Hillbilly. Um, really anything that gives you a lot of information um, is always going to be really, really valuable on Blight purely because of his speed in game. Yeah, no, I can see that quite a bit. It's one of those things where you've got the speed increase to deal with um, information perks quite handily. Uh, much like Billy, uh, Nurse, and I suppose to some degree Spirit. He doesn't need information, but he can capitalize on it, I think is the difference. I think with a lot of other killers, um, if you look at like Trapper or even Hag to an extent, killers like that, they get information and they kind of they, they they kind of have to keep that in mind you know they can't just act on it immediately whereas blight is so quick that nine times out of ten in most maps he sees something and he can get to it you know okay and uh, do you have any fun or meme builds you like to play fun or meme builds uh, i'm a massive sucker for blood warden i must admit um I, I i kind of love you know getting to the end of the game having that one person slugged just enough that they open the gate and then having all of them killed by the, uh, the end game collapse i think that's hilarious um to be honest, the, the like 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 because my go-to build is just Shadowborn and Barbecue, it does give me a lot of leeway to just throw in random perks. And um, I, I I I guess like one specific build is not necessarily a meme build, but it's very fun. And uh, I'd recommend if anyone out there listening is uh, is interested in just something really crazy to try and blight. Um, I came up with a build that I call the Bulldozer build, and um, effectively it's a combination of the uh, the Compound Thirty Three Iridescent add-on which uh, allows you to like headbutt pallets at chainsaw speed. And then combining that with uh, Enduring, Spirit Fury, and Zanshin Tactics, the idea is to just try and get through every single pallet in the game within like 30 seconds flat. You know, I've seen that done before. Um, Hillbilly's got an add-on like that. The low pro chains, yeah. It's amazing, yeah. There are a lot of similarities between Billy and um, Billy and Blight. I, I, I kind of almost feel like Blight is, a, is an interesting combination between Nurse and Billy in a way. Yeah, I can see that take quite a bit. Okay, so let's move on to the add-ons. Uh, what add-ons do you use? What do you recommend? And what works well together? So um, I my, my go-to add-ons, my favorite ones in the game, um, are the uh, the Alchemist Ring and the Blighted Crow. Um, effectively, the Alchemist Ring is a, is, is, is a, is a rare perk, so it's going to be one of the purple ones. Um, and effectively, when you hit someone with your power, um, it instantly gives you your charges back. So it, it's absolutely insane. So imagine that you're playing Huntress, and you hit someone with a hatchet and it gives you your hatchets back. That's basically the same concept. Um, combine that with the Blighted Crow, which is going to make you quicker every single time you rush. Both of those combined is just like unbelievably high octane fun, basically. Um, I think it's slightly easier to say 
which ones I don't recommend because to be fair, I think Blight has some really awesome add-ons. I think on the flip side though, there's some really bad ones that I'd highly recommend even as a beginner to kind of, uh, you know, steer away from. Um, and those ones would be the Adrenaline Vial, which on face value seems really good, but it's actually, you know, straight Garbo. It's awful. Um, and also Compound 7, I'd also highly recommend staying away from, um, you know, with, with, with your PC console, uh, if you've just started Blight, those two specifically try and avoid. So yeah, there are other compound add-ons as well. Yeah. So what would you say your strategy is going into the game? Would it depend on the map and the perk? To an extent, yeah. So it does kind of depend on uh, if I've got like a specific, um, you know, build in mind. Um, if I'm doing like a Bloodborne play, if I'm trying to stop gens from being done. Like when we did, for example, when we did our 50 win streak on Blight. Um, the way we go into those games is very different than how we go into the average Blight game. Um, but typically speaking, um, the reason why I love playing this game, and especially Blight, is all about the chase. So um, I actually kind of have like a no-kicking gens rule. When I run Shadowborn Barbecue, I, I don't kick gens. Um, so the idea is purely uh, playing as a, as, as a, you know, a flat-out, uh, unending chase killer. So I very quickly find someone, um, I down them, I, you know, then go on to the next one. And then don't really care about the gens. Just mainly use it as like an endurance test to see like, can I still get the 4k without needing to worry about gens at all? Yeah, I can completely understand that because I also hate kicking gens. It's just, it's not worth it. And plus, like, like considering the new, um, the new Jill perk, you know, where, where you kick a gen and it blows up in your face. It's like, why would I even bother anymore, right? <laughs> it's why I take Surge. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. So, do you like to change your playstyle based on how the survivors play, or do you just stick to what you know based on the build and map? Interestingly, a little bit. Um, so, it does depend on the map. If it's a map that I'm really comfortable with, um, then I'll kind of just play the way that I always do. But... If it's someone that, uh, you know, like like very quickly in a chase, you can start to realize patterns in survivors. And um, if it's someone that I, you, you identify very quickly as being very good, and, uh, is uh, you know, the, the most obvious one is someone that doesn't panic. Uh, because very often against the Blight, um, especially when you're getting some crazy hits on them, you know, the 180s and stuff like that, um, most survivors will panic. And so when they don't panic and they're not making any mistakes, you do have to play a little bit more conservatively. Um, you have to play a little bit more, I guess, like five head, you know, uh, <laughs> and uh, try and kind of kind of work around things. But it, it, if 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 anything, I actually kind of feel like that makes the game uh, slightly more interesting, you know, um, because it forces you to play in a way that's, um, you know, it, it 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 makes it feel more like a one v one, if that makes sense. It's less of a you know a, a team based thing. It's just you versus them at that point. Okay, so let's talk about the totem spawns. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Now that there's a lot of hex totems around, and with every map redesign, they're always looking for places to put them. How do you think they could be improved? I think I think they just need many, many more spawns. I don't think you should be able to know all of the spawns on a map personally. Um, I, I I think um, a, a, as a you know a, a dedicated devour hope enjoyer, um, I have the worst totem luck of anybody on the planet. I I you know it's not uncommon that I'll I'll, I'll stream and I'll play a game. And I'll have ruin, undying, devour, cleanse within 12 seconds. Um, and so to me, I, I don't like the idea. For example, if you watch like comp players and things like that, they know the totem spawns in every single map. And I don't, I don't really think you should know them, you know? I, I think there should be more, um, you know, it should be more random. There should be 10 times as many spots that they can spawn in. 
not necessarily more difficult to find, just more difficult to memorize. So with the totem spawns and blight being so fast, yeah. do you drop chase in order to protect your hex totems if you notice them around? Not really. No, because I, I mean, like, like, what I usually do is if I'm trying to get a totem build going, I'll just run the whole thing. So I'll, I'll run something along the lines of Devour Hope, Undying, Retribution, uh, Haunted Grounds, you know, something like that. Um, purely so I don't have to worry about it. The problem is, is that like, I think as soon as you start to drop chase to then go and protect something, you know, for example, Ruin, things like that. And especially coming from like a comp mindset, um, something like Ruin is, is for the most part, uh, like, like, like in my games there for like the early game, you know, Ruin isn't really for me, something that I'm trying to get to stand the whole game. It's purely something that I want to, um, you know, use to, to keep them off the gens, to keep them regressing at the beginning. And then, uh, you know, hopefully have them waste some time, you know, finding and then breaking it a little bit down the line. Yeah, I don't think Blight needs Ruin. I don't think he does either, no. There's a few killers that don't. <laughs> but you see it very frequently. <laughs> you do see it. I mean, th th this is kind of why I don't run it, is that, like, I, I kind of feel like, you know, Blight and, and Nurse and killers like that, um, it, it becomes a little bit too easy um, running those kind of things. Um, you know, if, 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 for example, you know, I think uh, the, the win streak that we're currently at is uh, 70, 73, 71, something like that. Um, and that, that that's purely because our Blight build is just absolute gen regression. And as soon as you stick those perks on Blight, um, if you're competent enough in the chases, you can't lose, you know. Um, unless they've got some really crazy stuff going on, it's going to be really tough to beat a Blight with that. And I don't think it's, you know, necessary. Yeah, no, that's quite, quite interesting. Um, so... Moving on, though, oh, what are your best moments playing as Blight? Best moments? So, um, th th there's an absolute, th there's like a terabyte of memories, honestly. Um, best moments have got to be, I mean, I mean, just getting crazy flicks on people as they're like, you know, falling down 17 flights of stairs or something. Um, back in the day with, uh, with 1.0 release, Blight used to be able to rush backwards. Um, I think, uh, my, my biggest moment, at, 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 like, 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 you know, thinking about it is um Otstarver actually um invited me to play on his um his uh his 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 killer stream when he was uh finding you know kind of like reviewing uh his tier list um and so he uh, he messaged me and he was like well, in fact I, th I think it was one of his mods messaged me someone messaged me and they were like hey you should like you know go and play on a stream um and so being on his stream uh, admittedly it was terrifying you know there was like 8000 people watching that game but um, you know, being able to rush backwards in front of like eight thousand people was absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> I can imagine that'd be a great moment. It was great. It was terrifying, but it was awesome. If you were to give your past self some advice about this killer, what would you say? Um, it it would probably be the same thing that I tell everybody when they're starting blight. Um, and it's just to be incredibly patient with everything. Uh, blight's a killer that takes a lot of time to master. Um, but more so than that, in every game. Um, you don't want to be rushing um, all the time. You know, you, you, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, you know, you, you do want to be rushing every hit, but what you don't want to be doing is, you know, not thinking ahead. Um, you should always, you know, sit down every time you rush and have a game plan, like very quickly look around you, analyze the objects um, and figure out like a route to, to get to that survivor despite the, you know, the, uh, the terrain or the windows, things they might have in between them. Um, on top of that, honestly, I would probably tell myself to start flicking harder to begin with um because obviously you know the uh, the patches and things started to come out for blight and um i, I mean i you know the, the, there is a little bit of nostalgia there 
Um, but yeah, generally, I, 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 I think it would just be a case of, of saying patience. I've been watching you quite a bit recently. It's a pleasure to see you run around like a ping pong ball. Oh, thank you. And I noticed that your DPI is really high. Yes, yeah. I think your DPI is around about 6,500. 6,000, yeah. I changed mine recently to 2,000. And although I don't play Blight, gotcha, I want to okay. learn him and start getting better with him. A lot of people do compare him to Nurse. Very similar, yep. Now, I have noticed in your gameplay that when you hit an object, you stop, look around, and start running at the last second to rush around again. Very last second, yep. Is that something you would recommend learning? Always, yep, always. You 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 don't want to be rushing without a plan, you know. Um, you you, you and and like 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 on top of that, um, it's kind of like intimidation tactics in a weird way. It's almost psychological. Because you rush into something and survivors are, are expecting almost like a pinball-like thing, right? Where, you know, they're, they're expecting to stand behind something and then the blight goes, you know, here, goes here, goes here. And it's easy to predict. As soon as you stand still and wait, survivors get inside their own head. They're like, why isn't he moving, you know? <laughs> um, however, I do want to point out really quickly when it comes to like recommending high DPI. Um, I play high DPI natively because I don't like uh, moving my wrist much when I, when I play games, to be honest. Um, with the newest Blight update, it's really not important to have a high DPI anymore. Like Blight now, um, without getting too technical, um, Blight now operates on a curve based on uh, raw input. And so um, having 20,000 DPI is going to have the same physical cap as having 2,000 DPI. Um, the only difference, however, is I do get asked from people on stream that are like, you know, I can't hit 90 degrees with uh, 800 or 400 DPI is that you are still going to have to be able to move your hand quick enough um, or your controller quick enough um, to be able to hit that within a certain amount of time, you know? So if you've got 800 DPI, you're going to have to move a lot faster and a lot further than someone running 8,000 DPI that only has to move, you know, two centimeters. So let's talk about the Z flick. Anybody who plays Blight talks yes. about it. It's quite common now. Apparently so, so what yeah. what is it? How do you pull it off? So the Z flick was something I came up with um, on the very first day that Blight got changed before. Um, I, I invented the Z flick, you yeah. You came up with it. Um and so Please. thank you <laughs> um it's actually called z flick because um because it, it, it you know behavior kind of killed the j flick and so uh, z just stands for zombie it was the resurrected version of the j flick um and so effectively what it is is it's just a multi-flick so um the way that blights again i'm trying not to get too 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 you know ultra nerd with it but uh, the way the j flick worked was it was a single frame turn because uh blight's rotation would update per frame so as long as you could move your dude uh, 180 degrees in a single frame you could flick instantly but the problem with that is as you probably saw with j flick footage is that you would instantly like click to a direction and you couldn't turn you couldn't move you couldn't rotate you were just locked there um, which is actually why i originally argued that the j flick was very counterable because you you were dedicated to that flick um whereas what the z flick introduced was um the ability to multi-flick and then change your direction so for example i can start flicking i can do two flicks around an object um, you know, in order to get like a 150, they decide to counter back or they do dead hard or something. I can then use my last flick to actually go back on myself, you know, back another 50 degrees and then still connect with them. Um, it's pretty insane. And I, I you know, to, to explain the Z flick better, I have a hand cam video on YouTube um, because it, it's quite hard to explain exactly what I'm doing. So the, um, the footage is a little bit easier to explain. Um, but yeah, effectively the Z flick is just like a multi flick. So you're picking up your mouse and physically moving it more than one time uh, after you start the flick. So to anybody listening, I will be putting a link down in the description to that video so you can go and look at it when you have the time. Okay, and 
do you think Z Flick should be removed or stay? So um, I I don't think. Um, interestingly, I think that this is actually as Blight is intended. Uh, I've spoken to a few of the devs about it, um, including one of the ones that's most responsible for Blight, and it seems that the current state of Blight where he is now is actually um, as the devs originally intended. So as far as I'm concerned, um, Z Flick is 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 exactly you know as blight is meant to be um the other thing is as well is that like with the most recent blight actually got changed again um releases flicks did with the the 5.0 update with the resident evil chapter and so z flicks are slightly harder to pull off now they're a little bit more stiff um so like a little bit more of a pre-turn is required um if anything i kind of think that makes it a little bit more fair there's a lot more time for survivor to react to them versus the j flicks um I, I don't think there's anything wrong with them being in the game, personally. It certainly sounds more... Uh, yeah, it sounds more technical. Yeah, exactly. If it helps, it helps, I guess. Exactly. Okay, so, obstacles. Yes. There's a lot of slippery obstacles in there. Yes. Is there anything to look out for in knowing what is slippery? Or is it a case of trial and error and remembering? So, I do actually have a, uh, a pro bit of advice um, for these objects. So... Uh, Blight has two forms of collision detection. Um, he has a raycast that is sent out from uh, from the middle of his camera. And uh, this is exactly the same raycast that is used um, for hitting people with your weapon, right? So it's the same reason why if you look above a survivor and try and swing, you're not actually going to connect with them, right? Because the raycast is right in the middle of your camera. And then, so if you look up, it's going to aim up. And so effectively, the raycast is trying to connect with things like an M1. You know how sometimes you'll be playing a, a killer and you'll like try and M1 someone uh, and you'll lock onto like, I don't know, a pallet or, a, uh, you know, the side of a jungle gym and you'll like physically see the weapon like ping off of, uh, you know, the debris or something. Um, Blight's Rush is trying to do the same thing. Um, the secondary rush, or the, 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 the backup collision detection, I guess, is uh, direction of velocity. And so that's what lets you shoulder, uh, like, 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 like um, shoulder bump, do crazy stuff like that. Um, in general, though, when it comes to collision, one thing that I that I always recommend uh, looking out for, it, it, it doesn't apply to everything, but it applies nine times out of ten, is if the object you're rushing towards, if the, if, if the closest part of the object that you're going to collide with is closer to your feet than it is your face, then you're more than likely not going to collide. As in, if the bottom is really, really close to your feet, but the top of it is really, really far away from your face, then it's, you're probably going to slip. For example, the snow piles on Ormond, uh, the trees on Swamp, stuff like that. Whereas if the top of it is as close to your face as the bottom part nearer to your feet, um, you are more than likely going to collide. Yeah, so I've noticed that a lot with Survivor 2. I do play a lot of Survivor. So when you're trying to loop a killer, you're constantly getting caught on invisible walls. And I'm assuming it's the same thing. Very similar. Yep, I'm pretty sure it's almost the same. So what would be your biggest tip you can give somebody who's trying to learn Blight? Like, like I said earlier, I, I, I think it was it was the, the patience thing. I think it's trying to get inside the survivor's head, um, trying to really practice bump logic, you know, being able to look at a loop, look at where a survivor is and think, like, what can I do with the next, you know, three, four rushes um, to end in a hit? You know, I, I think it does just take practice. It takes, you know, map knowledge. It takes understanding tiles and, you know, especially collision like we were talking about. Um, but just generally practicing and being patient with blight i think is is the is the, is the best way forward okay uh if you could make any tweaks to blight what would they be any tweaks um i think that his most recent update as of 5.0 was a little bit harsh on the flicks I, I i would adjust the curve slightly 
Although saying that, I like how my, my, my biggest issue with the J flick originally, and I've always said this, was that I didn't feel like it was fair that PC players could do it, but console players couldn't. I thought, I, I, I thought that the divide was kind of gnarly. Um, however, with the, uh, the 4.7.1 update, um, having the controller sensitivity lifted uh, made a really nice change. And, um, you know, it, it kind of evened the, uh, the playing field, I guess, you know, proverbially. Um, so if, if I could make any changes, I mean, I, I, I am nostalgic about original Blight, but honestly, I, I, I really like how Blight is right now. Um, I think the collision could be adjusted slightly, although at the same time, um, I think it's more the map than it is Blight. I think this is the common misconception, is when people think that Blight's collision is bad. Um, Blight's collision is actually really good. It's always been very good. It's the maps that are the, that are the issue. Which you can see with Nurse. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. On the, on the school map. <laughs> totally, exactly. I'd love to see the boundaries for uh, the collisions. I, 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 don't, I don't even think I do. <laughs> I think I would go absolutely insane. <laughs> okay. And uh, I suppose to cap off, what's your favourite tile to run as Blight? My absolute favourite, I'm so glad you asked this question, is the Death Window, um, a.k.a. the uh, the Short Wall Jungle Gym. Uh, the one which has the um, the uh, the window, like, diagonal from the, um, from the palette. Um, yeah. That tile is absolutely incredible because it is the easiest thing to run as blight and it always catches them off guard and they're i mean i mean the, the the reason we call it the 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 death window as blight mains is that as soon as you jump through that window there is nothing a survivor can do um the idea as well the nice thing with blight is that typically speaking you run around things um the same way that you know good competent players want to run things you know um, a good survivor wants to run a killer in a certain direction around certain tiles because that's how they loop, you know, Trapper and Legion and Oni. However, Blight is fantastic because he runs in those directions because those are almost always the better way to go. And so the idea is that you run around counterclockwise, or I guess, I, 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 I guess, I guess clockwise. So you want to come from the pallet, go through the outside, and then back through the window. And then um, as soon as you see them, like start that animation to jump through the window, all you got to do is you see like just above the uh, the jungle gym, there's that little bit of like um, wall just parallel to the window. What you got to do is like scoot along the outside of the tile, hit that, and then where are they supposed to go? If, if, they, if they jump back through the window, it's a guaranteed medium vault, you got to hit. If they try and run around the side, you've also got that amazing corner piece that you can bump off of and then come back again. If they try and run towards the pallet, again, the corner piece is going to be there, so you can hit them there. There is absolutely nowhere in that tile that they're actually safe. Oh, I've been caught out many a time, especially after faking the vault. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. It's unbelievable. I, I mean, although saying that, faking the vault is the best thing you can do. If you can fake the vault really well to, you know, right until the last second to make it look as if you're vaulting, if the Blight does commit to that back, um, you know, collision, uh, you know, wall at the back of the jungle gym, um, and you're still on the inside, you've got a lot of leeway in chase. Um, you, you know, like, like one thing you don't want to do as Blight is outposition yourself. You don't want to be on the inside of Shaq when someone's just vaulted the window and now they're on the outside because, you know, Blight is a very RNG heavy killer. I think he's the only RNG heavy killer because, um, you know, his ability to do well or terribly in a chase is you know almost entirely dictated by you know is there a tree in this corner or is there a wall here or did something spawn um so you know that that that's something that is um you know definitely separates blight from the rest of them because 
you know, when, when you're running, like, especially Shaq, Shaq's a big one because, uh, you know, wires, uh, rotten fields, a lot more difficult to run than, for example, any of the Yamaoka ones. Um, it's because Yamaoka has trees around it and rotten fields has nothing. Um, and so, you know, Blight, you have to be very impromptu. You have to be able to, you know, look around very quickly, um, figure out a route. Um, whereas, you know, the, 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 the jungle gym itself, you, you only use stuff from inside the jungle gym. Um, and so, yeah, practically a death trap. Would you say the shack is harder when the basement is not there? Because when the basement isn't there, you normally get that extra hook on one of the corners. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I actually think that the it, it, it's a little bit more tricky when the basement um, is there because um, you it, it's not too uncommon to try and flick someone in the corner. So the, the, the typical places that people will try and camp inside of shack to avoid a flick are to... Um, right to the to, to, to the to the left or right of the pallet so uh depending on the map especially on things like cold wind or on the uh, the auto haven maps there's little bits of collision like auto haven has like a desk that they can stand behind and the problem there is that if you try and do a flick there and basement you know is is just down the stairs you're going to fall down survivor's going to make like you know 50 meters of distance and now they're you know i don't know making a, a burger in thompson house kitchen um so the you know it, it it does all depend on rng i think having the hook outside as well can be tricky because um one of the techniques that we use around shack is i i, I call it the, the the butter shack technique and it's the fact that most things in the game but especially shack are just extremely buttery uh just really really slippery um and so having that on the corner actually kind of gets in the way of you being able to slip around the outside of it if that makes sense yeah i see so is there anything else that you want to say? Uh, not massively. Just, uh, I mean, you know, Play Blight is an awesome killer. I guarantee you can have loads of fun with him. Uh, don't get addicted to Shadowborn. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just uh, thanks for having me. I'm surprised you're still running it since they sorted out the FOV for the Blight. They, they sorted out the POV, yeah. Yeah, they, they made him taller. But the great thing with that, the, 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 fan, the, the, the absolutely amazing thing with that is that they, they, they heightened the POV, which means that the FOV increased. However, me being an absolute genius realized that I could just, you know, increase the FOV even more by just putting Shadowborn back on. Um, and so, and, and so, yeah, I, I, I just think it's, uh, it's easily the best perk in the game. And thank you very much for being on the podcast. We really do appreciate it. Thank you for having me. If you have listened to the end, we would like to thank you. And if you want to hear more interviews like this, then please subscribe. This interview was recorded before patch 5.3.0. And although nothing major has changed in the interview, there may be some minor changes to perks and add-ons. We would like to thank Lilith Omen for the interview, Evil for Hire for co-hosting the interview, and Tofa for being a part of the intro. All links will be in the description of the podcast, and we look forward to you hearing the next one.